You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm John and I'm delighted to be joined again by Vinny. Vinny, how are you? Uh, John, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on again. Looking forward to uh, this one. Um, yeah, it should, should be good. And we're in good company as well, which is lovely. Yeah, definitely. So once again, we've brought... Um, do, uh, because he's not in the main SFF uh, WhatsApp chat, but he's almost becoming part of the team. Is it the reserve squad? So Dave, um, thanks for coming back on. How are you doing, Dave? Yeah, very well, thanks, John. Uh, I was out alone to uh, other uh, podcasts, so delighted to be back within the periphery of the SFF podcast. You're almost like the Jim Hamilton of podcasts. You just float everywhere. <laughs> exactly. I was a bit like James McFarren. <laughs> yes, you certainly could say that from my uh, um, <laughs> pundit's point of view. So um, we're on... Um, it's good that we're all in together because also we all did the SWPL preview and we are talking Scottish women's football because um, in the past week um, the Scottish women's national team have had two games, um, one a friendly against um, world number six uh, Netherlands and the last World Cup qualifier against the Faroe Islands. There's no doubt which one was the bigger test and that was the Netherlands game on Friday night. They had a new manager and we gave them quite a game and that's got to be encouraging, although we lost in Typical Scottish fashion, a late goal, but you know we gave him a real good game, Benny, from what we saw in them um, on Friday. Uh, yeah, I think we we were chatting in the the WhatsApp group during the game, and I, it was the first you know ten minutes or so. I, it, it didn't look good at all. We we just didn't turn up. We looked quite disorganised. There was a bit of a change of shape as well, but I, I suppose it's it's nice to see uh, you know Pedro trying to do that in in friendlies. It's the right time to do it. But the, there was no cohesion. You know, players, you know, usually very composed players, look panicked. Um, a few players out of position and whatnot. Um, however, when we got we, we got the quick fire equaliser, and actually they had the majority of chances and whatnot. But um, it it was pretty good. I was I was I was quite happy with the performance overall. We weren't expecting much from it. It was a good test because. I think when we look to these playoff fixtures, we'll come on to that later, no doubt. Uh, we'll try and work out how, how it all works. Um, but when it comes to these playoff games, we're, we're going to come up against some really, really tough teams, I think. Um, so it was, it was a great test. And uh, yeah, we certainly didn't embarrass ourselves. And uh, the fact they needed a, a, a late goal to get past us uh, speaks volumes. But yeah, overall, very, very pleased with that first game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the thing about it, um, you know, for me was um, Holland probably so Netherlands probably did deserve to win the end. I mean, they had twenty shots to seven overall, so and it's fair to say that the better sides um, definitely win. But I think the encouraging sign was that we had a goal um, as well at times, and when we went one down, we could have crumbled like we did against Spain last year. Last year, of course, which we'd rather not go into. But within two minutes of um, them scoring, we equalised. It was a great ball by Jenna Clark and a great finish from Claire Emsley, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that was a sign of Scotland's character where Holland do get in front. And had that been last year, as you kind of alluded to, I think Scotland would have just been damaged limitation from that point onwards. I think it would have been Apple Crumble, see you later. Uh, but fair play to Scotland for uh, not being like that. And 
It shows the mentality is changing. It shows that the players are believing in what uh, Pedro Matias was and his philosophy and his beliefs towards playing the game. And it shows that he's doing things in the right way possible. I mean, when you when you look at, I mean, Claire Emsley, yeah, as you alluded to, great Bobby J. Clark and Claire Emsley puts it away. I thought, thought Emsley was really, really good last Friday. And, I mean, Hollywood did have a lot of chances, and I do agree with you, they deserved it to go win the game. But Ultimately, this was a way of workout in the end of the day. And I think this was a good workout in so many aspects, John, where they were you got your defensive organization sorted out. I think a, a large proximity in terms of the defensive organization was, was spot on, just in terms of the fact we were organized, the fact that Netherlands did have opportunities but never got away past either Gibson, uh, Lee Gibson or the Scotland backline. And also Rachel Horsey had a, a couple of uh, no no she didn't actually I'm actually thinking of the Tuesday game in fact but uh, Rachel Horsey had a, a really colossal game on Friday night in Netherlands uh, as, as well and Netherlands did get that late winner but I think it shows John that we've got a, such a, a high level of defensive organisation now which has been a sim- which has similarities to the Anna Signal and Shelley Kerr days where Scotland were Scoring goals at the right end of the park. Also, they were renowned for being defensively astute in the other end of the park as well. And I think we're starting to get that uh, that scare back into our game again. And like of course, and I thought I thought uh, Emma Mitchell was no B B T Mitchell Mitchell sorry Mitchell. I thought Mitchell was really, really good on, on Friday. And, um, there was a lot of positives to take out of that, but ultimately it was a friendly. So. Disappointing again, defeat, but a lot of positives to take overall. Well, Emma Mitchell coming back after having a challenge, you know, that was a big plus point. And uh, Fiona Brown coming back after a couple of years out with serious knee injuries, I believe that's what the third time she's um, had knee problems. So good to see them back in a Scotland shirt after that period of time. And Rachel Corsi and Jen Beatty played a half each as well. Sophie Howard played full game at 90 minutes, which was. Um, which was also encouraging to see. Um, and obviously, it then takes you into the game on Tuesday um, against the Faroes. Now, second place was already assured um, because we'd had the better head-to-head record against Ukraine. But this was just about trying to get as many goals as possible. Um, I thought I don't know what you're... We'll get your guys' thoughts in a wee second, obviously. But I thought the first half, for 38 minutes, we didn't look particularly great. And then six, last six minutes, we scored another three goals to put a bit of a gloss in the scoreline. I actually thought we played second half, yet we play, we scored less goals, although um, we missed a bucket with the chances. But it was just one of these games where if you win 6-0, people um, moan it wasn't 7. If you've got the 7th, it would have been, oh, where's the 8th goal and all the rest of it. But it was just a matter of getting um, seeing a campaign off with a nice positive ending. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was like it, like you say, at the end of the day, we'd, we'd already qualified, but I think we wanted just to keep that momentum going. Again, I think in the WhatsApp group we discussed, it, I, I wondered if there'd be a few more changes for, for this game, just to give some players you know, a, a, um, a bit of a run out, some of the less regular players. But um, no, I, I think it was all about momentum so that we go into the, the playoff game next month fresh and you know it's, it's the same unit a wee bit like what Steve Clark does with the men's team as well he doesn't really chop and change for friendlies the, the odds cap handed out here and there but overall it's, it's pretty much the same I think the pleasing thing was six different goal scorers which was uh, which, which was great um, 
And uh, yes, you're, you're right. The first half wasn't great at all. Um, but actually, I think, and I think they said it in commentary as well, I don't actually think the Pharaohs were as as poor as they were in the game at Hamden. They, they, they turned up a wee bit. But I'm just <laughs> looking at, fair enough, this is, uh, I'm, I'm only looking at the stats on uh, Google at the moment. Uh, I don't know if you've looked at this, either of you, but would anyone care to guess how many shots we had in, in, in that game on Tuesday night. Yeah, before I hit match stats, it was like, was, I'm going to say 26. Right. Uh, Dave, any guess? Uh, I was actually trying to have a look just now, not by cheating, but looking at uh, someone else's way to give you, but uh, I was going to guess 28. 43 shots. <laughs> 43 wow. shots. 15 on target. Um, and uh, out of those 43 shots, okay, so six goals, so, you know, that's 37. So out of those other 37, I think Abby Harrison had 35 of them and uh, and still didn't score. Um, I'm, I'm, Abby Harrison, I think you, you look at her club record and she's sensational. Like, the, the, the thing I'll say about Abby Harrison is that she gets in the positions to miss for Scotland. <laughs> So it's surely only a matter of time. She was desperately close. I think there was three. She hit two off the woodwork. There was another one just past the post. And I was I was gutted for her because I thought if there's ever a time to you know get the ball rolling in your international career, that you know that was it. She obviously uh, got that goal during the campaign, but just desperate for her to, to score a few more. And I'm a wee bit like that with Lana Cleland as well. I know not like an out and out striker. She plays a wee bit off. But I was just desperate for for them both to get uh, to, to get goals. Um, obviously, Martha Thomas is in good form, and she 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 was involved. Uh, probably took a nick off the defender, but she was involved in, in that one, the fourth goal. Um, but yeah, just we we really need that prolific goal scorer, and Abby Harrison is so close to being it, um, but just yeah, not quite. I, I was I was pretty gutted for her. Yeah, likewise. I mean, she had a um, bucket load of chances, but um, one player who has no problem finding the net in a various, um, you know, from various positions is Erin Cuthbert, our 20th goal for the country. And I think she's um, notching up a um, best ever collection. I mean, um, we mentioned James McFadden before we even came on, but, you know, the amount of great goals he scored for Scotland, Erin Cuthbert's rival in that, isn't it, David? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to elaborate on what uh, Vinny said about Arby Harrison. Um, Arby Harrison, just to start things off, I was a big advocate of Arby Harrison when she was at Hibs. I thought she was the best striker in the SWPR1 at that precise moment in time. And I was a little bit critical of Anna Stignell initially and then Shelley Kerr as to why she didn't even get a chance in the Scotland squad at that precise moment in time. Because it wasn't as although she, uh, Arby Harrison was injury plagued or had any predicaments or any. Uh, issues with, with regards to fitness she just wasn't getting picked simple as that that was uh, a few reasons one probably being the quality of the Scotland team at that precise moment in time but secondly at the same time that was when Scotland were beginning to not deteriorate but Scotland were beginning to fade down a little bit just in terms of getting results and getting that much needed quality at the front end of the park and I was a bit critical of Kerr in particular for not including her when required. So I'm delighted that Abby Harrison's getting a chance in a Scotland jersey now. And she's taking it with four arms and she's got a not to uh, also score Friday night, or sorry, Tuesday night in, in the Faroe Islands. But as for, as for Tuesday night, cuff up, she was absolutely fantastic. But the one thing that got uh, shown for me, John, was the fact that we scored all different types of goals 
It wasn't just the balls in the box, six yards, thank you very much. Or it wasn't the pass, 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 cross the box, bang, header. It was a range of things. It was that long-range strike by Copper, great free kick. It was corners at the box, crossway, thank you very much, header into the back of the net. It was crosses into the box, cycles tucking away. It was pass and move, pass and move, score a goal. There was a lot of good moves on Tuesday night and there was a lot of good goals involved in there. And, and, and that, I think that was the poison thing, but also the, the, the scorers as well. And I know that women's football gets a bad name in terms of goalkeepers if they commit an error. Uh, and I'm, I'm just pleased that there's been no criticism targeted towards the Faroe Islands goalkeeper with Nicola Doggett's goal. Because I thought it was a little bit poor from the Faroe's goalie, in all honesty. Good state of Doggett nonetheless, but I thought the goalkeeper could have done a bit more, to be honest. It wasn't it wasn't exactly a strike that was planted into the net, into the corner, in all honesty. It was a good strike, but not the sweetest strike that Nicola Doggett will hit in their career, that's for sure. So maybe a little bit disappointed from the Faroe's goalkeeper in that regard. But also, you've got Carly Weir scoring, you've got Eric Cuthbert scoring, you've got Martha Thomas scoring, Corsi scoring, you've got Jen Beatty scoring, and that's, well, six different scorers and a good night's work for Pedro and, and the girls. So I think there's a lot of positives to take out of that. And also, some much needed game time to, like, say, uh, Christine Murray's, your uh, Abby Harris, as we, as we alluded to. Um, who else? We've also got, well, yeah, that's pretty much been it. But, you know, some much needed game time. A solid three points, professional performance. And as you said, John, not exactly great in the opening 30, 40 minutes, but all wins about getting three points and we're second in the, the table we were before Tuesday, respective. But now it's attention pulls towards trying to get to the World Cup in Oceania next year. Yeah, certainly. Um, the players coming into form. I think, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on um, the. Pedro Martinez era. Um I think the two November games last year um, against Ukraine at home, um, it was not a great performance, and um, we got away with a point. And then that draw um, possibly could have cost us in terms of, um, you know, um, I, I, no, I seen the playoffs, but looking at the playoff positions, um, it's they all going to the one bowl anyway. Um, but um, and then obviously the hammer by Spain. But I think they've taken a lot, and the Panatta Cup. Was a poor, was a poor experiment as well. You know, it didn't. The, the performances weren't great, but I think that performance against Spain back in April. All right, we lost the game two 0 but it took a world class player in uh, Jennifer Hermosa, who Spain missed big time in the Euros, um, in my opinion, um, to to break us down in the night. Um, I think we took a lot of heart from that, and from there on, I think we've seen improvements. We demolished Ukraine away from four nil. Um, it was four going on um, five or six that night, and then obviously. We, had a good performance against the Dutch, um, albeit we lost, and then a good performance there on Tuesday night. So I think things are starting to head in the right direction and at the right time with these playoffs in mind. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think you just look at the pattern of those games and um, Pedro was obviously finding his feet early on in the campaign. You know, that Hungary game at home, that was a bit of a nail-biter um, when it probably didn't um, need to be. And then we had the, like you say, that Ukraine game. And then there's just that wee spell, you know, following that Spain game, it's as if there was a lot of work going on behind the scenes. And also the, 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 the game's over in Spain. It was, it's probably more of a, a training camp, they probably saw it, because you saw how much better they were. 
that game in April, um, you know, we we were there that night. The, um, my my wife and I and, and the boys went that night, and it was uh, it, it was great. It was really good to see because you could see how quickly Spain passed the ball. But we, you know, we weren't phased by it at all. We had some great passages of the play ourselves, and were unlucky not to score that night. I, I thought we were really good, and that's when it kind of changed a wee bit for me the the attitude towards Pedro and. Yeah, you can be a wee bit cynical as a football fan sometimes. But managers do need time, and particularly when there there was great success under um, Shelley Kerr, and then that you know Leanne Crichton. When I spoke to her for those interviews we did, she did. She was like, it was a devastating failure to 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 not get to what was pretty much a home Euros. You know, it's, it's on the same island as us. Um, absolutely devastating. So. Something had to change. There had to be a culture change. I've gone on and on and on about how much we missed Kim Little, and she's irreplaceable. But what we've tried to do is replace her with by playing both Caroline Weir and um, uh, and and get in Erin Cuthbert like out of out of their strongest positions just to try and accommodate the, the gap uh, that Kim Little's left. Um, but. Having said that, I think we're starting to find the personnel. Claire Emsley has upped her game again. I felt that she was missing a wee bit in those earlier qualifiers. You know, really disappointing at times, but it was great to see her popping up with a goal. The end product's getting there. She was great again on Tuesday night. So, you know, you need but we are Elmsley to really step up. You expect solidity and you get solidity from Corsi and Beatty. And Sophie Howard's a great name for herself as well. Doherty's, you know, on, on good form for club and country. And, you know, you're looking at the younger teams as well. There's, you know, there's a bigger picture coming together. Like Broken Hayes, like, you know, get, not getting involved in Scotland at the moment. And she's tearing it up for Rangers in the league. Um, and we've also got players playing all over the place now, which is just brilliant. It's really, really good to see. So I think there's, dare I say it, cause for optimism with Scotland at the moment. I just really hope that the, the draws count us in these playoffs and uh, and, and we get there because it could be a, a big, big thing. You, you've seen the impact that the, the Euros has had and, you know, across the UK. Just imagine what it'd be if, if on the back of that, Scotland got a, a major tournament next year. It'd be huge for the game here. So really exciting, I think. I also think, John, sorry, I also think it's great that Lisa Robertson's back involved in the Scotland squad as well. After her predicaments, obviously, just a, a, a torrential time with, with everything that's happened in her life. Obviously, we won't go into um, on on this podcast, but obviously, just a, a torrential time in terms of everything that's happened. And also, Rebecca McAllister's really, really good that she's in the squad because she started the season very, very well for Hearts as well. So, I think that's two excellent additions to the Scotland squad that came in on Monday, obviously, because of injuries. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's all heading in the right direction, um, hopefully. Um, on to the playoff draw, which will be, um, well, we're recording on Thursday evening, so by the time some people have listened, started listening to us, the draw probably will be made, but we'll preview it anyway. Um, so we go into, because of our placing in the, we weren't one of the best three runners up. Um, so we go into round one with uh, Austria, who are 20th in the world, Belgium, who are 19th, Portugal, who are 27th, Wales, who are 30th, and Bosnia, who are 63rd. Um, so we are guaranteed to get one of them. Now, it's an open draw. Um, so 
we could be home, we could be away. We're certainly keeping our fingers crossed for an away tie. And of those um, sides that I've just mentioned, Austria and Belgium were both quarter-finalists at the Euros and Portugal were in the group stages. Um, gentlemen, um, out of that list, who is your preferred option and who is the ones that you would most want to avoid? I think for me, I'd, I'd be quite happy with... The- you get a home draw, I think. With a player, am I right? Am I right in saying, John? It's it's a it's a one off, isn't it? It's not too late. Yeah, so it says here that um, the European players for this is UEFA's um, website. European players for twenty twenty three FIFA Women's World Cup will be played on sixth and eleventh of October. So it's a one off tie on the sixth and a one off tie on the eleventh, and this is where the the second um, round of teams. So Switzerland, Iceland, and Republic of Ireland all get buys into this round, um, but. We'll discuss who we want in the first playoff first of all because that's the most important bit at the moment Yeah, I, su- I suppose it's got to be Bosnia and Herzegovina that you, you look at so I'd, like I said I'd be delighted with a home tie but if, if you had to totally handpick somebody that you know that, that would be it it'd be very tasty to get Wales because um, you know Battle of Britain and all that jazz and um, like you said, there's, there's there's a couple of very handy teams in there as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think all very exciting. But oh, pl- please just let us get a home a home tie. It'd be w- what an occasion we could have at Hamden. I think the, 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 what what was it for the Jamaica game? Nineteen thousand. Eighteen thousand something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we could potentially be looking at something like that. Um, and then if we got a home tie for the the second round oh my goodness it could be it could be absolutely brilliant so fingers crossed but um, I think the way the team are going just now the, the confidence they've got that we spoke about that momentum they have that at the moment so yeah bring it on at Hamden and Dave um, is there ones that you'd um, want to avoid or is it again just a case of as long as we get a home time we've got a, um, an opportunity I prefer a home tie yeah but I'd, I'd avoid uh, Austria and Belgium and I'd also avoid Wales because I think Wales are a good side and I think they've gave Elgin, uh, Elgin? England <laughs> a, a, few, a few challenges uh, in, in, in the past. So, yeah, I'd avoid Wales if possible as well, but uh, home tie preferably is. Yeah, I think, I think for me, I mean, it goes without saying that we want the home, home tie. Um, Bosnia would be ideal. Um, yeah, you're probably looking to avoid Belgium or Austria. Austria looked very handy against... Um, even in their defeat against England, they look as though they would be a hard side to break down. Then, obviously, they put Norway out, so and that's um, you know Norway higher up than them in the, in the rankings, I think. And then next up, you throw in Switzerland to twenty first in the world, who Scotland um, knocked out of the um, or not to um, qualifying for the World Cup in twenty eighteen, of course. So that's uh, twenty nineteen. Iceland to a fourteenth world, who were very unlucky in the Euros. They drew all three games and went out. Um, no, because Belgium beat uh, Italy. And then How Republic of Ireland. What's that? How very Scottish of them. Yes. The undefeated that still go home. Yeah. Aye, we've, set, we've set that huge precedent, the men's team, yeah. And uh, Republic of Ireland, another side to have progressed in 26 in the world, and they were one of the best ones. So I don't know how it works. I don't know how it works in terms of... I think they said again that they all go in and open draw. So I I don't know if that means it's like going to be, like for example, Scotland or Bosnia versus Switzerland. Or would it be, could we get uh, another like Belgium or Portugal type of scenario? I don't know. But um, 
if it's one of those three that we're going to get in round two, provided we win round one, um, again, which is your preference? I mean, I'll be honest, I don't know if I'd want Iceland to sit in 14th in the world, to be honest with you. No, they're, they're, they're all difficult games. It's, um, you know, apart from Bosnia, who I think are, uh, I think it's fair to say are probably total outsiders, it's, it's a toss-up between any of the rest of them. Uh, it, they are all so, so close. Um, and it's, it's, it's quite indicative of the sort of informal tiered system that they have in, in women's international football at the moment. You've got your complete elite teams and then there's like us in with all these kind of countries and it's just like a big mash-mash. Everyone can beat everyone, which makes it super exciting. And then you've got your countries who are still very much developing in terms of the women's game. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's anyone could be anyone. It's, it's, it's exciting and terrifying um, in, in equal measure. David? Yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, it's always it's going to be a hard tie uh, irrespective of who we get in the, the playoffs. But also, I think if we don't get a home tie, I'd like like a, a Bosnia. I think it would be a big thing for Scottish women's football, or indeed Scottish football in general, if we were to reach the playoff final and got a home tie at Hamden. Because, as Billy alluded to, we've got 18,500, 19,000 for that Jamaica game. I think it, I think we can get twenty five thirty thousand rocking at Hamden. I think it would not be the same level of atmosphere as a men's game, but it'd be a different atmosphere in a positive way. And I think it'd be a, a huge moment for Scottish football in, in the modern day. Either. Yeah, definitely. John, 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 I was just going to say, how about will we get the opinion of one of Scotland's biggest fans here? Callum's just about to go to his bed. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, so Callum, so Callum, um, right, so in this, for the women's playoffs, we could get Austria, Belgium, Portugal, Wales or Bosnia. Now, we could get them home or away. What is your perfect draw for the playoffs? Probably Bosnia at home. Bosnia at home. He's going with me. He's on that one. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Right, <laughs> you, go to bed. <laughs> Yeah, so we've got the regulars, the reserve, and now we've got the youth team coming through, and young Callum. <laughs> I'm going to get my Callum on. I mean, <laughs> he's the been in Sky, Sky Sports now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, um, so I'm sure, sure he would be a great company in the Scottish Football Forums podcast. Um, yeah, so, so you would think that, so if we, um, obviously, if we get um, two home games, would be perfect. And the crowds, um, you know, during the qualifiers went up a little bit, so I think it was like, um, four and a half thousand for the Fedor game. It was like six and a half for the um, the Hungary game, which was played on a Friday. It went dipped again for the Ukraine game, which was played again on a Friday night close to Christmas. And the Men's World Cup um, qualifying playoff draw was made that same day. It was a bit of a um, the game almost passed by, and it wasn't a good night. Um, then Spain, which was during Easter holidays, it went up to was it just over nine thousand for that game? I couldn't attend, unfortunately, that one. Um, these games are getting played on a Thursday night while school's still on, and a Tuesday, I think only some schools might have the October week, I'm not sure. That's obviously not the SFA's doing, that's UEFA and FIFA's doing. But still, you've got to have optimistic, given the fact that supporters club members will get a free ticket for the game if they want it. And 
tickets were ten pounds, adult five pound kids, you know, there's great incentive for people to go along and watch a pretty cheap game of football, but a good quality game of football, hopefully. Yeah, I think so. I think the the, the ticket prices is, is is a huge thing, and I, I know that they give away a lot of tickets to um, teams, like you know, youth teams and whatnot as well. Um, so I, th- I think that could be huge, and the fact that you, you get it with your Scotland supporters uh, membership is, is is brilliant, which actually I don't think enough people know about. And there was a bit of a drive on that, in particular for the the Spain game, and it was interesting to see the numbers go up for that. Um, obviously, it was it was a big pull having a, a team like Spain coming, um, so it'll be interesting to see the, the drive they put on it. But yeah, I, I think we could get some really big numbers. I had goosebumps, Dave, when you were you, you were talking about the potential numbers we could get. I just imagine that at Hamden, it'd be it'd be brilliant. So hopefully, the SFA are sensible in the way that they have been recently in terms of ticket prices for for, for the men's and women's game. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And I mean, I think the SFA need to try and sell it in the best possible manner. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of people that are going to be going through predicaments soon, where the cost of living and all the the terrible, terrible situations that we face in our life at this precise moment in time. All thanks to Mr. Johnson uh, up in up in England. Uh, so yes, uh, it's going to be a, a difficult period coming up for a lot of families, and uh, obviously, uh, I'm. I'm one of the more fortunate ones because I'm not exactly a father to a kid. Uh, I'm still young enough. I'm only 27. But John and Vin, Vinny, they're obviously fathers to kids and they obviously need to, to watch what they're doing. But obviously, they're, they're astute Scotland fans. They're, um, they're very passionate Scotland fans and will obviously follow their, 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 their country whenever they, whenever they can. And the SFA's pricing is £10 and £5 if you're a non-member, uh, just for clarification. And obviously, the free tickets for your SFA uh, Scottish Sporters Club member, I think it's a great initiative. But also, for what they do for, do for the men's uh, team, it's a very, very good initiative and it obviously helps in terms of back in the country. But from a women's side of things as well, I think them providing the free tickets for... Um, the sporter club, sporter club members is a, a great initiative and something that should be taken, taken advantage of because, I mean, we'll go on to the SWPL uh, build-up very, very shortly on this podcast, but obviously we've seen a, a rise in attendances because of a range and a variety of reasons. One of them, I think, being the fact that they've had season ticket holders at clubs going and watch the women's games for free, like your Aberdeens, your Dundee Uniteds, your Hibses, your Hearts, your Celtics and your Rangers, they've all seen a rise in, in the amount of people that go to games. And Patrick Pistol as well, may add as well. So uh, they've all seen a rise in people that go to games. And I think that's a, a, a positive moving forward. Absolutely, and um, we're going to give credit to the SFA um, who take a lot of sticks sometimes, but with regards to ticket prices, after the criticism they rightly got for the Euro 2016 price when they were advertising £42 for um, Gibraltar tickets, the ticket prices recently have been really good, and even at a time when more people were were coming back to games and were filling out for Denmark games, they kept the ticket prices the same, which I just thought was absolutely spot on. So, um, Finney, you've got your hand up. <laughs> we're not at school, yeah, mate. Pretty... <laughs> Force of habit. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, have I told you the story how I'm taking personal credit for the Scotland ticket prices? Have I told you that one? No, go for it. Uh, um, it was at the Partick Thistles um, 50th anniversary of the 1971 League Cup final that we beat Celtic 4-1 so it was a special dinner with all the players and whatnot and uh, Mr Ian Maxwell 
um, was, was was a guest at it, and I, uh, I often up until I got the big job at, at Scotland, I was in good contact with with Maxi for a long time. He was obviously heavily involved at Thistle. It was always great for an interview when when I used to run the Thistle podcast 10, 12 years ago. Uh, and, you know, very accommodating. It breaks my heart when I see people slating him because actually he's, he's a very decent guy. Anyway, so I cornered Maxie and I said, listen, these ticket places you've had recently, they're brilliant. You better keep this up. And he went, Vinny, you know, we're wondering, are they a bit too cheap? And I said, Maxie, drop that immediately. Just keep these ticket prices the way they are. And then sure enough, the next round of tickets came out. So I'm taking personal credit for that. So you're, you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mr. Ferguson. <laughs> um, I'm, sure, I'm sure Mr. Maxwell will be happy that you're giving him kudos in this podcast, so no, fair play. Um, to be fair, you don't hear much of him, so it must say that he's doing a good job, as you heard too much of some of his predecessors, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, but as we mentioned, David mentioned, um, we're going to uh, chat a little bit about SWPL1. Um, we've had four rounds of fixtures. Um, had an international break, of course, and we've got fixtures um, come back up this weekend. So, unsurprisingly, after um, the first four rounds of fixtures, um, Rangers, Celtic, Glasgow City will have 12 points. It's in a six-point gap before you have the two Edinburgh clubs in Hamilton on six. Dundee United in seventh with four Spartans in, in eighth with the same number of points. So. Motherwell and Spartans, and then Partick in three, three draws out of four, which is a pretty decent. Aberdeen, two points, and to Glasgow women, um, finding life very difficult with uh, Neil Poir. Um, what's, your, what's your guys' um, take on the round, rounds of fixtures so far? I've, I've, I've managed to fortunately go to one game, the Hamilton-Aberdeen game, or not talk about the result, but talking about pricing, David, I was a fiver, and my son was nothing, and I think you've seen a lot of that across the board as well, which is Helping the rise in attendance and also this the spread of awareness of the women the women's game, you know, with the everything going on, and it's it's good to see. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, let's just say I got to trouble by the the league. Well, not necessarily the league, but I got to trouble by a couple of a couple of clubs for corner clubs during my time at Forfar from not uh, exactly publicising the uh, clubs or marketing their, their women's team in the, the right way possible. So I'll just get that out there, uh, Mr. Blaisdell, on the aspect of uh, I got to trouble by a couple of clubs or a couple of clubs tried to take me to the league. So I'll just get that out there because uh, I was very honest. But anyway, uh, no, um, I think it's absolutely brilliant that we've had, obviously, a rise in attendances. And, and as I say, I think, uh, as you say, sorry, I think there's, it's because of a, a, a lot more, it's highlighted a lot more. And alongside that, as I alluded to, a lot of the sister holders at men's clubs are getting in. I mean, Dungeon United today, uh, they got a lot bit of slack a couple weeks ago for playing exactly the same time for a game against Marvel when Dungeon United were at home, men's team were at home to Livingston. Um, but I think Dungeon United uh, in, in general got spot on today because they weren't mentioned Dungeon United are playing Hibs at Tardis on Saturday in the men's team and the, the women's team are playing Celtic at Gussie Park just across the road from Tardis on Sunday afternoon and I, I mean Aberdeen Aberdeen I don't know what you guys think but I think Aberdeen kind of went off the boil with the women's team coverage a little bit I don't think it's exactly the same as it used to be I don't know if that's because Aberdeen are doing as well on the men's side or, or, or what but I just think from that time looking in I don't think you see the same coverage towards the women's team I might be horribly wrong on that but 
yeah, I think you're respected if you've still seen a rising in crowds. And I'm going to believe the SWF recommended to clubs, or the SWPL as it is now, recommended to clubs that uh, they're charged £10 for tickets, which I, I, I don't agree with, in all honesty. Uh, I think Fiverr's plenty special with the predicament that we face as families just now and the predicament, uh, sorry, the fact they want to throw the game and building the momentum from one, what Scotland national team have, have done in recent years, and especially over the last decade. And secondly, the fact that the game has grown in, in, in women's, women's level all the time in Scotland. And I think we need to stamp on that and grow it even further. So I'm, I'm agreeing with the fact that the tickets should be a fiver and obviously the kids can get it for free as you with it today, John, with the Aberdeen game you, you went to. But no, I think it's great in terms of what we're doing and we'll make it continue. I think um, to be on the Aberdeen coverage, um, you know, I don't know about wider um, across the world, but I know Mark Gordon, who covers the Aberdeen women's team, goes to home the way games, does the reports. He covers them a lot, so um, um, and he picks up the women's game not just for Aberdeen, but he comments on the Scotland national team and you know likes things that with them the Rangers story um, that they are playing their Champions League game against Benfica Ibrox, which is good. So I'll give kudos to Mark for doing his bit. And yeah, um, I'm just going to clarify something in that. What I mean, by the way, sorry, is I don't think Aberdeen, Aberdeen Football Club mentioned it enough. The Aberdeen women obviously have their own Twitter, but I don't think Aberdeen Football Club mentioned the women's team enough in their own uh, personal Twitter just before everybody at Aberdeen starts phoning me and saying, you are speaking rubbish. Well, I um, hopefully Zoe will go away when um, before she comes on, listens to this podcast and can um, <laughs> you know um, address that. But yes, um, that's, you know, it's, that's just an observation, obviously. Um, but in terms of the, the the games this season, Vinny, um, you obviously have seen a lot of parts at games and stuff. What what teams, um, you know, have you been surprised by this season in terms of the league performances this season? Actually, um, I'm looking at the top end of the table. I think we knew that City and and, and Rangers we kind of played out between them. Celtic during the summer. The, the recruitment wasn't great. Um, I know that they brought a lot of their youth team to their, their, their summer training camp. So it seemed as though there was maybe not a lot of depth there. But actually just in the lead up to the season starting, made just a, a flurry of signings, some very, very good signings as well. Um, and so for me, you know, when I was looking at the the league before the season started, I did wonder if Celtic were definitely going to be third out of those top three teams. But um, yeah, they've, they've, they have really surprised me. They've, they've kicked on, they've gelled together very quickly as, as a team. So actually, Celtic have surprised me. Um, thinking about the rest of the teams, Aberdeen, I thought maybe would have pushed on a wee bit. It's, they've had a very slow start. There's plenty plenty of time to go but um, you, you thought they would have been more up that top end um, but I think the, the biggest surprise for me has been uh, Hamilton uh, riding so high you know a, a couple of wins and uh, the, the, the game against uh, Rangers um, okay Rangers ended up running out very comfortable winners but I was I was quite impressed by, by Hamilton's defence in that game um, and uh, it's uh, Nicholson's the goalie isn't she um, she had a really, really tough time against um, uh, uh, Glasgow, women. Glasgow, Glasgow, Glasgow women, wasn't it? Glasgow women. 
Uh, had a really, really tough time against them, uh, you know, beaten by a, a few long-range efforts. Um, but she was terrific in that Rangers game. The, the score would have been way higher without her. So actually, I think I think Hamilton have been the biggest surprise for me so far. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely a fair comment. And Chloe Nicholson's a former guest that was interviewed by Dave. Um, you know, as part of the preview, um, you know, she she looked a good keeper against them ourselves in that opening game as well. Um, but yeah, they've done well having six points. Um, I agree with your thoughts on Aberdeen. I actually think Hearts have done incredibly well, given that last season they were near the bottom and. You know, they've um, you know got a couple of good wins against yourselves, uh, Partick, and uh, no, um, who did they beat last time? Last time? No, they beat Hamilton last time, and um, you know they look as though they're they're going to have a, a pretty solid season as well. I think, um, Dave. What about you in terms of uh, what teams of um, surprise in terms of um, a how well they've been and b um, how not as good they've been this season so far. Hearts have um, done well for me. I think they've had a real, real good start to the season. I mean, they've beaten the teams around about them in the league so far. And I think for any club to be up there challenging at the top end of the table, not because that's a challenge for honours, but challenging and making sure you're well clear of the relegations, or I think deserves a lot of points. I mean, Hearts got a real, real good win uh, a couple weeks ago against Glasgow Women and they beat Patrick Fissel when they were opening, uh, opening weekend of the season. And that was a very, very good result day for, for Hearts. And the good disappointments got Rangers and Spartans. But when you look at the Rangers game, it's only 2 0. And considering the results and uh, Rangers have gave to other teams, I mean, Rangers have 29 goals scored in four games conceded none. So uh, that just goes to show you how respectable Hearts were on that night in question. For me, I think Hearts have had a good start to the season. They've still got a lot of games against teams around about them that they can go and win. Uh, as for teams that have struggled, Glasgow women, uh, I don't think we expect them to do well, but the fact that they've conceded 25 or four games and only, conceded, only scored solely three in return tells you everything you need to know about how disastrous a start to the season has been for Glasgow women and Andy Gardner. I was speaking to Andy Gardner uh, from the preview for the SFF podcast and uh, there was a lot going on at that precise moment in time. Uh, that's why the the telephone methods didn't exactly materialise in the way they wanted to on the podcast because uh, I couldn't get a Zoom, Zoom chat because Andy was that busy so I'd end up following them uh, but yeah it's been a slow start to the season for Glasgow women and they need the improvement fast and they're not going to get one Sunday uh, I don't think but it could be a David V. Goliath situation but they're playing Glasgow City so uh, that could be an interesting afternoon for Glasgow women Aberdeen uh, for me have been underwhelming so far this season I mean Aberdeen are expected to go and compete in, for the top four this season especially with Hibs not exactly hitting the heights that they have in the last few seasons and they suffered a, a, a dismal nine no defeat to um, Saturday and opening day of the season they were in a bit of disarray until recently but Aberdeen have only picked up one point which was against the Mighty Jags and um, apart from that they've been uh, on high and nothing basically We've got Hibs on Sunday, and I think that gives us a good indication of where Aberdeen are at in this precise moment of time, especially with an international break. It's a good opportunity for Aberdeen to refresh and focus, and it'll be good to see where Aberdeen are at just now. And another team that's done well for me at this precise moment of time, I'd probably say I'm, I'm going to go for Dungeon United, but I still think the proof's in the pudding. The proof will still be in the pudding for me, but Dungeon United, because Dungeon United, um, Beat Glasgow Women, the Drew Marvel. I felt 
I, I, I watched the highlights from the Marvel game and I felt the kind of contentious offside uh, goal against them. The, the big Glasgow women comfortably and they were always kind of a sore in Glasgow City, especially with the goalkeeper, Fury McNichol, getting sent off. And then obviously they beat the Hibs as well and they've got Celtic on Sunday, which you'd be expecting Fran Alonso's side to, to go and win uh, fairly comfortably. But then Dungeon have a good run of games. They've got Hearts, they've got Hamilton and they've got Partick Thistle. And that's three big games for Graham Hart and uh, Dungeon They'll give us a good indication of where they're going to end up this season. Yeah, good thoughts there. Um, and a couple of errors I, I've pointed out for myself. So I had Aberdeen um, having two points on the way I got from. They've only got the one point so far as you're right, Luton. That was a draw against Partick. And Hearts' um, last fixture was against Glasgow Women, not Hamilton, because they are playing Hamilton this weekend. So this weekend's fixtures, Dave, you mentioned it. It's a Glasgow derby between Glasgow Women and Girls against Glasgow City. Um, Partick, that's all. Um, uh, Motherwell. Um, Aberdeen at home to Hibernian, Dundee United against Celtic, Hamilton against Harps, um, and defending Champions Rangers at home to Spartans. Um, well, I say at home, it's obviously getting played at Broadwood. Um, let's just get, get quick predictions on these. Um, I don't need to score, it's just um, home win away winner draw. So Glasgow Girls, Glasgow City. Yeah, I think so. Dave? Yeah, Glasgow City was. Yeah. Partick Thistle Motherwell I'm going to set the fence go draw with this one half oh, nonsense home win easy 3-0 <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Motherwell to win this oh Dave come on uh, no one, one thing one, I'll say one the power to score oh no don't that, that would be really rubbing it in but um, <laughs> we are great one, one thing uh, I'll say about Thistle okay with um We've, we've, we've not been great in front of goal so far, the, the two draws, but our defence is so sturdy. You saw that difference when Demi Faulkner was paired with when, when uh, Cheryl McCulloch came back in. Um, just so much sturdier. Um, the girl just loves that header. I, I just love Cheryl McCulloch to bits. Brilliant, brilliant player. So she's back in the team. We have made um, two very good loan signings uh, from Celtic. Uh, Abby Ferguson's just joined us. Um, she'll get us goals. Really, really confident. Loving the look of Cara Henderson as well, uh, who we got from, from Glasgow Women um, uh, over the summer. Uh, they will come, and it will start coming this weekend against Motherwell. <laughs> Benny is very confident. Um, I wish I could say the same, but this next fixture, Aberdeen against Hibernian. Aberdeen chasing their first victory. Hibs have had a bit of an up-and-down season so far. Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to set the fence again with a draw. Any one of these can come in. Uh, it's a deadly challenge. I was waiting for Vinny. Uh, I'm going to go for Hibs just to sneak it. Do you know? I'm I'm going to go for a home win. I I was at the 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 Celtic Hibs game the opening weekend, and Hibs were just in, in disarray. I, I know the, the 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 rant the manager went on uh, afterwards. They are so up and down, um, so I think uh, I think Aberdeen will just just edge it. Um, I there's, there's there's a lot of young talent in that Aberdeen team, so I think they'll just edge it. So I'm going to go for home win Aberdeen, but are we one nil? Yeah, I hope um, I would love that, and um, I think Bailey Hutchison's lots due to start again. She's a terrific player. Um, I'm glad that she's there. Uh, 
Dundee United Celtic. Um, but Dave, you want to go first, I think? Away one. Vincent? Like you, like you said, Dave, when you're doing your wee summary there, um, this, this is why Dundee United are in with the big teams now. Let's see how they get on. But I, th- I think it will be an away win. But um, I think, again, blown off trumpet, but I think this will sort of set the benchmark with Celtic uh, early on. Um, and we only lost 2-0 to them. Um, and it was you know, a good competitive game. We, we didn't really have any clear-cut efforts. But we more than held our own, which, you know, I think that's the benchmark for a lot of these teams in that sort of middle, lower half of the table. So let's see how they get on. But yes, a way win. Um, uh, yes, I can't say anything past the Celtic victory. Um, I think that's just going to be the same for um, the, the big Glasgow three until they play each other, to be fair. So um, I think that's what's ultimately going to decide one and two as much as anything else. Um, Hamilton versus Harps. Um, uh, um, New Douglas Park or whatever they call it these days. Oh, sorry, Fountain of Youth Stadium. Um, both locked in six points. Um, who's go- who's going to um, succeed in this one, or is this going to be another set defence job for one of you two? I just, I, I think Hearts have a bit more about them. Just saying, so I'm going to go for the Hearts one. Yeah, I, I can see your point with that, Dave. But I, I think. I was, like I said, I was just quite impressed with Hamilton despite that defeat to Rangers. So I'm, this is going to be my set in the fence one. It's going to be a draw this one, but a score draw. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna side with um, Dave with this one. Go for a Hearts victory as well. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Hamilton won either, given what they did in the opening day as well. And uh, you know, this the striker that they've got up front as well has been who scored the hatch against South, um, against Glasgow Women. I can't remember her name. Um, but yeah, she looks pretty good. Rangers and Spartans, I think we're all going to say the same thing. Um, unfortunately for David McCullough's um, Spartans, I just can't see anything other than a home victory and quite a handsome one. That Rangers are just relentless right now and they've obviously got Champions League qualifiers to look forward to. Yeah, home one. Yeah, I fancy Rangers with three goals. Yeah, home, home, home one, very comfortable. Remember, this is them without Jane Ross as well. So it's, it's, it's quite frightening how, how good they've been. Um, so, yes, a comfortable home win for, for Rangers, you would imagine there. Yeah, Lizzie Arnott, recent guest, has been in a terrific form. But about that news, the, the Champions League qualifier has been um, moved to Ibrox um, for the match against Benfica, the first leg. No, another positive step in the right direction. You know, we saw last season impact when they played Aberdeen at Ibrox and Aberdeen had Rangers at Petorje, Celtic had Hibs at Parkhead um, and the SPFL, um, uh, SWPL, sorry, have arranged um, Derby Day weekend when the men are, um, are on sabbatical for this um, World Cup in um, Qatar. So again, there's going to be more opportunities, I think, for stadiums to be used that weekend. How good is um, this, um, you know, for just, not even just women's football, just football in general, just giving that opportunity? No, I was just going to say, I, I, I think it's, it's brilliant. Like, as, as you know, we go to a, a lot of football at, at, at lots of different levels. And I love going along to Peters Hill. It's a nice, accessible stadium. It's, it's great. No one minds if the kids are running about and all that jazz. They get to go on the pitch at half time, have a kick about and, and, and whatnot, which is great. However, to, to make it more, much more of the occasion that it deserves. And, and have teams playing at actual stadiums, you know, if, if 
if the seats are there, then they're able to be used. We, we are seeing increased crowds. I'm not saying for a second that you'll, you'll have 10,000 um, you know, paying fans at, at a game this season. But, you know, you look at the Hibs Hearts derby last year, I think they, it, was, it was either free entry for season ticket holders or some. It was made extremely reasonable and, you know, it was by far the domestic record. So it, it's there, you know, we, we just need to get people in the door. And I think once people make a habit of going along to these, uh, to, to, to the women's games, they'll realise how high the standard is and they'll realise how entertaining it is and, uh, you know, just how passionate these players are so um, yeah it's, it's, it's just amazing news so having that, that game at Ibrox is, is massive and I, I think they will get a very big turnout that night when you go Dave yeah I think they will get a big turnout and the fact that it's on international week as well I think helps I mean Rangers all good to plan with this uh, Sajis we've held this evening in recording uh, should be playing United at home on the 17th but then afterwards uh, obviously they'll have that Rangers Benfica game on the uh, Tuesday the Thursday I don't know what's the approximate date as I forgot to check but I think it's going to be brilliant irrespective of the fact that it's on international week should persuade a few Rangers fans to come out in their numbers and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Ibrox gets at least four to 5,000 people that night Yeah, I think the domestic record will be broken a couple of times this season potentially as I mentioned there's that Derby Day weekend and um, you know, that's certainly one that's going to be shattered by um, a couple of clubs, I would imagine. Um, so, and Rangers Celtic's one of them um, at Ibrox. So, um, got to give kudos to Fiona McIntyre. I think that's a solid appointment by um, the SPFL to bring her in as managing director. And she's a great driver for the game. And obviously... Um, she's from Aberdeen, George. She's from Aberdeen. No? She, she, was, she was working at Aberdeen Sports Village. Uh, well, was she? I didn't, I didn't actually know that. But... Um, she's, She's certainly a Glaswegian, but um, she's um, she's she's doing um, terrific things. You know, she's a really positive voice for the women's game, and I think that was a um, very shrewd appointment. And I think you'll see SWPL grow, and um, it's it's all good to see. Um, one thing I forgot to mention: we're just going back to the playoff chat, which also draws coming up, and good luck to Scotland when it comes. I never um, mentioned that even if Scotland win their two playoff games, they don't necessarily qualify for the World Cup because this is where it gets ridiculously complicated. I'm quoting from UEFA's website here. Um, so two of the playoff winners will go through and it depends on num- the higher number of points, superior goal difference, higher number of goals scored, higher number of away goals scored, higher number of wins, higher number of away wins, lower disciplinary points total based on the yellow and red cards, higher position in the UEFA Women's National Team coefficient. So this is what they work at because they don't just count the playoff results, they count the World Cup qualifying results that we've just had. Why can't they just... And then, so whoever the third playoff winner is, um, the third ranked playoff winner is, they have to go into a 10-team tournament being held in New Zealand and Australia for three more places. You know, they're going to be battling with two from... um, Asia, two from Africa, two from CONCACAF, um, two from Com- um, for South America, and one from OFC. <laughs> it's, it's mental. I remember like when as the campaign started, and obviously wait, we had Spain in our group, so the first thing I was like, wait, okay, second spot, let's have a look. And I remember starting to read it and being like, nope, I'll worry about it later. <laughs> If we, if we get there, I'll, I'll get more in depth. With it. It's it's mental, absolutely mental. 
Yeah, don't start, John. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just obscene, but um, whatever way Scotland do it, let's just hope, um, hope we do it. So, um, but listen, thank you very much, guys, for coming along and um, covering all things Scottish women's football. Um, and um, all I can say is let's hope we get a good draw tomorrow. And um, good luck to Pedro Martinez Lewis girls when they come in, um, when they play the playoff next month. And um, also good luck to all SWPL teams in action this weekend.